You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo. Of course, Chip Murphy is here. And what we talked about doing each week during the course of the season is kind of giving our analysis of the past week and how the Knicks have looked in the past week. And when we did the show last week, there was nothing really positive to talk about the Knicks' two games that were played. They, they got they got beat. I mean, they got blown out to OKC, then they blew the lead to Detroit. This past week, much better result. It started off bad. They, they started off with uh, Boston, got a loss there, but have won three straight, beating... Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Denver. So we're going to kind of go through things that we've noticed and the things that we've liked and maybe not liked uh, from the past week. So, Chip, starting with you, what do you think about the Knicks' past week? Uh, well, I thought it was some of the best basketball I've seen them play in years, uh, the most inspired defense I've seen them play in years. I mean, you take away that Celtics game, which was Christos Porzingis' worst game of the year. It's the only game he didn't score 30 points. Clearly, the Celtics have him num- have his number. Marcus Smart didn't even play, and he still struggled. He was 3 of 14 from the field, didn't have a 3, only scored 12 points. The Knicks got blown out. Yeah. That one was brutal. But you take away that game, I mean, they blew out the Nets by 20. Uh, Porzingis was fantastic. They uh, went to Cleveland and blew out the Cavs. I mean, LeBron looked like he didn't even want to be playing a game that night. He only had 16 points. So he only even took 15 shots. I mean, it was just weird. Kevin Love had a terrible game. The Cavs just looked weird. I I don't know. The Cavs looked like they don't even care. That's what they looked like. And uh, Dwayne Wade looked old. Yes. Everyone was saying Dwayne Wade looked old, and he looked really old. Next to a... A relatively younger Knicks team in terms of like Tim Hardaway, uh, Dwayne Wade looked old. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, uh, a couple nights ago against, uh, when they beat the Denver Nuggets at home, I thought that may be a tough competition because, you know, Nikola Jokic really killed them last year. Uh, and, you know, he played well again. He had six threes, but, you know, they shut down Paul Millsap. He was 2 of 13, 8 points, and that was really the difference that they were able to contain him because they only won by a, a 6 points. They still gave up on their 10, but they shut down uh, defensively a top-notch player. Maybe not a great player, but a very good one. And that they may have given up 110 points, but they locked down a really good player, a really good player. And I think that shows how far they've come defensively and, of course, Porzingis has scored 30 points in five of six games, and he topped it off with a 38-point game against Denver. I yep. mean, he's just been fantastic. And Kylo Quinn, we can't undersell Kylo Quinn. I mean, against Denver, he played 20 minutes against Denver and had 15 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, 
I love Billy. I tweeted this out after the game. I love Billy Hernan Gomez as much as the next guy. But if the Knicks keep beating teams like the Nuggets and the Cavs, you know, playoff teams, potentially, we assume that are they really going to take Kylo Quinn out of the rotation when he's playing like this and put Billy Hernan Gomez in? I, I don't see the point. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with you. This week started off terrible. Um, you know, the third straight loss to open up the season to the Celtics where they weren't even competitive. They looked like a team that never played basketball before. They, they looked awful. Uh, and Chip, we were talking a little bit about it before the show. Did you see what um, you were telling me what Courtney Lee said after the, oh, yeah. the loss? Yeah. Courtney Lee mentioned uh, after that Celtics loss, obviously trying to fire up his teammates, that uh, he said it looked like players didn't even know the plays out there. Uh, obviously, team trying to integrate some new faces in there, but he he wound up his team pretty good because you know they've won three straight games since then, and it worked. Mm-hmm. It was a veteran move from Courtney Lee that worked. Yeah, and I think even after that. I saw an article that was on Yahoo talking about is Jeff Hornacek coaching for his job that Friday yeah. night game against Brooklyn already because we've seen – yeah, we we already seen uh, the, the Phoenix Suns fired their coach. So, you know, it could have been – he could be the next one to be let go this early. And, I, you know, look, these you – know, the Celtic game, I just want to erase and pretend like it didn't happen because they were awful. But from Brooklyn through Denver, this has been a fun team to watch. They're playing hard defensively. They're playing unselfish. They're moving without the basketball. And and Przingis is just playing out of his mind right now. It's incredible what he's doing. Uh, you mentioned the five out of six games scoring 30 points, which he's the first player in the Knicks franchise to do that. Yeah, that's incredible. Think about the great players that have came through this organization. Przingis is the first to do it. That is absolutely incredible. And you never did that, man. No, yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's incredible. I can't, I can't can't even find the words around it. Just to see, it's like night and day how he looks so far this season. We talk so much about him in the off season. And it's so great, Chip, that we're actually seeing some of the stuff that we've talked about. Him not settling for as many threes. Getting know, close right? to the best. It's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty. And it's just great to see that he has the same mindset. And that's what's going to take him to the next level. He's playing out of his mind. He's playing great. And, you know, I'll start now with the Denver game because – you know they they played well against Brooklyn, a complete team effort. Then in in, in Cleveland, they they blew them out like you mentioned. They were so mad. The Cavaliers, I, I tweeted that on the Knicks State of Mind page that uh that they didn't even shake hands. Like Derrick Rose and Calderon and some other random guy were the only three Cavaliers left on the court. Everybody else went to the locker room and discussed that they just lost to the New York Knicks. Um, that was pretty great to see. And then the Denver game, they come out. And they are just blowing Denver out of the gym. It was a great first-half performance. That third quarter, things went down south. Kind of went back to what we've seen the Knicks struggle in the past. But holding on to that win and fighting off that run 
that the Denver Nuggets went on. And getting the W, to me, speaks volumes about this team. I know it's early on in the season, but it shows you the mental toughness. They show they're a lot tougher than people give them credit for because we've seen the Knicks blow leads like that. We've seen them do it against Detroit, and they lost. They were able to stay together and get back to doing the things that they did that got them the lead, and they were able to hold on to that victory. I was very, very impressed with that. Um, And right now, the way this team is playing, it's just fun to watch. And this is all I think we can ask for. We know we're not that good of a team. That's just the reality of it. But if this team is going to come out here and play this hard each and every night, they're fun to watch. They're going to compete. I'll watch them. If they come out and they play like they did against Boston, I don't want any part of it. I don't even want to talk Knicks. We'll change the show and talk about something else because that was pitiful. But the last three games is the Knicks that I love to see, a team that is tough, competing, playing hard. I love it, Chip. I love it. I know you're. You're. We've been talking about it on the the group messages in Slack. Um, the founder of, uh, of Elite Sports, Rob, is you know trying to get people to jump on his his train of the Knicks winning 35 games this year. And I told him that if the Knicks beat Houston tonight, I'm joining. That's it. I went. I'm jumping from 25 wins to 35. If we can beat Houston in Game Eight of the regular season. I'm still on the 28 train. You're still on the 28 train. Yeah. It's fun to come to the 35-win team train, though. (laughs) You know, just to think that that is possible. Um, But let me ask you, do you think, you know, even if this team doesn't become a playoff team, even if you're right and they're around a 28-win team, would you still, though, be satisfied if they play like they have been each and every night, it just comes down to not having enough talent to win a lot of these games and winning like long win streaks that can propel them into the playoffs. Would you still be satisfied with 28 wins, but to see them play hard each and every night and have a chance to win it? Yeah, I would be. Yeah. I, I definitely would be because it would mean that they'd still get a good draft pick. Yep. And look, last year they didn't do that. Last year, they quit in second halves. They quit in a lot of fourth quarters, but they quit in second halves. Sometimes they quit in second quarters, and they've been doing that for longer than the second half. And as much as I like Mello, he set the tone with that, with the way he played defense, because they would quit defensively, specifically last year. And you see a more energized team now that he's gone, and I don't want to say that like they're this they're going to be better without Melo and they're going to win more games because Melo's gone because I'm not a Melo hater, yep. but he did set the tone with his late heat. Your best player sets the tone, I think with the way he plays defense. And I think Melo set the tone in terms of, he would kind of say, screw it in like third and fourth quarters if they were getting crushed. And I, I think this is a more energized team now. I really do. With KP leading the way, they they want to follow him. Yeah, and I think the reason why I asked that question because it kind of sounds like an obvious answer. Like, yeah, of course I want to see them play like they have the last few nights. But the reason why I've asked it is because I I, I think this if this Nick team can maintain the way they're playing, they're going to start losing 
some of these really close games, and that kind of hurts. Because I'm the kind of guy that wants to, if I'm going to lose, beat me by like 30, where it just, you don't care after a certain point. These tough, like two, three point victories or, or losses are what hurts more. So that's kind of why I've asked that question to see if they're in every game, they just don't have enough. Would you still be happy to watch this team? And as much as it's pain to lose those kind of close games, which right now they're not, but I, I think it's just great to see, like you mentioned, they're still going to get a young uh, draft uh, or in a good draft spot, a young player to come in and make this team better. Um, and I also think it sends a message to the league potential free agents we're getting younger we're getting better and look at us we're playing hard we just don't have enough i think potential free agent big free agents see that they go i can help them get enough so i i think that would be propelling the knicks in the right direction but we are going to wrap up this segment when we come back we are going to talk about frank nilakina he's actually got to play this past week no injuries as of late so we're going to talk about his performance thus far in this this young 2017-18 season so we'll be back in just a moment hi everybody matt castillo here writer at elitesports.com and co-host of the next state of mind podcast just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages you can find us on twitter at nyksom podcast or on our facebook page at the next state of mind podcast come be a part of the discussion we want to hear from you and talk about the knicks Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. So Frank Nielakina, finally, finally have gotten a chance to see him actually play. Uh, for me, Friday night against Brooklyn was the first time that I actually got to see him play. I know he played in one preseason game. I did not get to see that game. Um, so it was my first look at Frank Nielakina. And it's just good to see him out on the floor to see kind of what we have got. But he's played in the last few games. Um, and Chip, how do you think he's looked so far? Uh, he's looked pretty much how I hoped he'd look in his rookie season. Um, if you haven't watched him, like you said, you just saw him. If you haven't watched him at all, you just look at the numbers. They're very unspectacular there. I mean, 4.8 points per game, yep. 2.5 assists, 1.3 steals. He's shooting 34.8% from the field and 37.5% from three. That's actually higher than I thought, but he's only taken eight threes. He's made three. So, look, he's exactly what I hoped he'd be. Um, he's playing 15.5 minutes a game. He's played 62 minutes in the four games he's appeared in. Uh He's played good defense. Like I was saying before we came on here, his value has not been in the numbers. He's, he's played good defense. He has clearly has good instincts. He's made some nice passes. Uh, he's not. He's never going to be a scorer. He's never going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. But we talked about that before they drafted him and after they drafted him. Yeah. So we beat that point to death. We don't need to go down that road again. Um. My only hope is that this is what I was hoping for. He could be like Rajon Rondo, Ricky Rubio, and there's a lot worse players for your prospect to turn into than Rajon Rondo or Ricky Rubio. And uh, I don't see him as ever being a big-time uh, offensive 
guy. But, um, yeah, I think he's been pretty much exactly what I hoped he'd be. Uh, he's done some impress, made some really highlight reel <laughs> impressive kind of passes. Yep. But uh, he has he has 10 assists, and uh, he's also played like a rookie at times. You know, he has nine turnovers, so yeah. he's, he's a teenager. He's a teenager. Uh, he's still getting used to the game, uh, and he's going to be a teenager the whole season. He hasn't turned 20 until July. I mean, but I expect him to get better as the season goes on because I don't see this winning streak uh, as something that will last. So I think he'll get more and more playing time as the season goes on. And I think he'll just get better. And, uh, yeah, I I said at the beginning, this is the guy I expected to see or I was hoping to see. And uh, I'm glad that I'm seeing a guy who can pass and defend because that's what we were told we were going to see. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. You know, again, I, I, everybody knows how I feel. It's hard to watch Dennis Smith Jr. He's playing pretty good, 11 points and uh, around six assists early on in his rookie career. Um, so, yeah, Frank Nielakina is not doing anything that really stands out. Um, you know, I, I do see the defensive potential that I've heard about. I think he's doing a great job there. Um, and, and as you mentioned, some smart uh you know, flashy type passes, which is fun to watch. And, you know, every time he shoots the basketball, I'm just saying, please stop shooting. He hit a three the other <laughs> night, and I, I, before he let go, I said, no, no, no. And it went <laughs> it in, and I said, gosh. I still said, no, even after it went in. Usually you get the opposite of that when you're a coach or something, and you're going, no, 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 okay, went in, okay. I still was, no, no, okay, went in, still no, stop shooting. Scares me when he shoots the ball because it's ugly. It's an ugly jump shot. Um, he has a lot of work to to go there. Um, and where, you know, if, if you watch the game against Denver, you, you, you can see that he has a long way to go. He, he, had, a, he had a rough night in, in Denver. Yeah. He, you know, it yeah, was not. Off, his mid-range shot off the dribble. Yeah. Brutal. That's brutal. And you need that as a point guard. So. Yep. And he. Also, made some rookie mistakes out there. Um, I, I recall a foul underneath the basket that he didn't have to foul a guy and put him at the line because we were in the bonus. Uh, so he, he was a little he, – he struggled. And, and that's – look, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. There's going to be plenty of games where he, he's not going to look good at all. Um, you know, tonight they're getting ready to take on – uh, Houston, that game's tipping off in about 45 minutes. And, you know, this is a nice little test for him. He might even match up against James Harden. I don't, I can't imagine the Knicks will put him out there for a while. He's only been playing about 15 minutes a game. But I'm sure he might have some of a chance to sit there and, and cover uh, James Harden, which would be a fun challenge to see if he can he can come up big defensively. Um, I like the fact that he's he's averaging a steal game in 15 minutes. So defensively, he has he's has made an impact. Um, you know, I, I saw him. I will say, you know, as I keep knocking his jump shot, uh, he had a shot the other night where he attacked the basket and found some space with a step back jump shot. 
and it was a you know a mid range two point shot, and and that's what I would like to see more. I think that's going to come over time, but yeah, I think he's been as advertised. Um, I, I don't think anything really has stood out that makes you go, wow, like I'm wrong about what I was saying. I still don't think that. I still think I'm right that Dennis Smith Jr. Um, would be the better pick. But Chip, let me ask you, do you think that, you know, it's what, seven games in now, maybe a little bit less. When do you feel like the Knicks will start to push Neil Aquino a little bit more, give him more responsibilities? Or do you think he's just going to be around this 15-point per night guy? Well, Jeff Warnacek indicated that he's going to keep playing veterans. Um, like, so it sounds like he's going to uh, – that he prefers going with Jared Jack. And uh, if Jared Jack starts to struggle, maybe he'll go back to Vermont Sessions. But – yeah, I don't see unless they go, they take a total nose dodge. <clears throat> then uh, I, I don't think that he will see Frank start this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think he could get pushed into more and more playing time. Uh, but I don't think he'll start until next year. Uh, I think because, you know, Hornacek loves Ron Baker, too. Yeah. Even though, for the love of God, Ron Baker is not a point guard. Not showing. Hornacek, yeah, Hornacek in, still insists on putting him there <laughs> for some reason. It's ridiculous. It, it's – well, I, I look and I'm seeing things, you know, after that broken game – uh, there were some people that sat or sitting here and, and saying, oh, this this is what I mean. Przingis and Neil Aquino need to be matched up together right away. He needs to start. That's not the case. He's not ready for the responsibility of, of being a starter. Um, you know, I would like – I don't think he becomes a starter until I think his jump shot comes around a little bit more. You know, he this guy may never really actually become a, a true starting point guard. You know what I mean? Like Maybe he, not. He, he might start eventually, but might be a kind of guy that, you know, the the bench point guard is actually the the better scorer. His role, I think, as you said, Chip, is going to be take care of the ball and play defense. I would like, though, to see that jump shot improve. I, I, I think, you know, I'm at least a mid-range shot because what you mentioned, you said Rondo, like somebody he can develop into Rondo or somebody. If you watch any of Rajon Rondo, what does the point guards do against him? They just sag off. They drop back. They double-team somebody else. They dare him to shoot. So I just want to see him hit his open shots because if you do that, they're not going to sag off of you. You still don't have to be a guy that creates your own shot then if you could prove that you can hit that open shot. So that's kind of where I'm at with Neil Aquino. Again, nothing really overly impressive about his performances so far. Um, I think, again, tonight is a pretty interesting test. I I hope he gets the chance to cover uh, James Harden some just to get that experience. Would you agree with that, Chip? Yeah, I hope so too. I mean – he was matched up with LeBron on one play. Yeah. I remember. And he, he covered him pretty well. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, he hasn't had that that like uh, serious matchup where it was for like a, a multiple possessions against a top guy. Um, I think they've kind of steered him away from that. I know he didn't go up against uh, Westbrook with OKC. He barely played in that game. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see him go up against James Harden. I mean, it's not like Jared, uh, Jared Jack is some uh, world-beating defender that's going to be able to lock Harden down. I think the Knicks, the Knicks are going to struggle defensively against the Rockets. Everyone does. So they'll probably be looking for a solution defensively anyway. Maybe Hornacek will go to Frank because he has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think tonight will definitely be an interesting test. I'm hoping that um, he gets a few minutes, like I mentioned, to cover James Harden. Um, and I think that's a good good challenge where you'll get experience covering some of these, these point guards because James Harden is so crafty. Um, you know, Chris Paul's not playing, so he won't have an opportunity to go against him. Um, so do you think tonight, though, if the Knicks are struggling defensively against James Harden, do you think, even if it's a two-minute spurt where he's covering Harden and shows that he's doing all right, do you think the Knicks possibly try to push Neil Aquino's minutes a little bit more to, to cover Harden? Yeah. I don't think, other than Porzingis and Hardaway, I think that Hornacek has proven, when, especially when he took Hernan Gomez out of the rotation, mm-hmm. that this, this rotation is not set in stone. Uh, you know, Billy was first team all rookie last year, and Hornacek took him out of the rotation. Yep. So he's proven that he's willing to take anyone out and put anyone in when it comes to the rotation. So, yeah, I do think that. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this segment. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the the point guard, uh, I guess, rotation right now. Uh, Obviously, there's been a change. And what this could mean for when Joakim Noah comes back. I've seen on Facebook pages, a lot of people are wondering who would be the odd man out when Noah comes back. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast as we wrap up the show with this final segment and there's been a change at the point guard spot. We, we've seen uh, Sessions begin the year as a starter, and he has been benched. He's had several DNPs, did not play coach's decision the last couple of games. Jared Jack becomes the starting point guard. Ron Baker has some kind of injury and has uh, been held out, but... With Jared Jack starting, the Knicks have won three straight. So, Chip, talk about your thoughts of this point guard change. Are you a little shocked that we see Jared Jack running the show right now? I'm not shocked because the Knicks were playing bad basketball with Ramon Sessions yep. uh, as the starting point guard. You know, they went 0-3 with him as the starter. And since Jared Jack, 
was put in the starting lineup, they've won three straight. But let me just put a stat out there to show just how bad the Knicks were with Kramad Sessions uh, as the starter. They were uh, uh, with Sessions as the starting lineup in those three games. The Knicks had a net rating of minus 19.1 points per 100 possessions. That, I mean, that's just so ridiculously awful. <laughs> yep. And they were scoring, their offensive rating, they were scoring 78.2 points per 100, points per 100 possessions. Wow. And the Jarrett Jack lineup, let's look at that. The uh, offensive rating... It's 113.8 points per 100 possessions, and they're outscoring opponents by 16.1 points per 100 possessions. So it's like night and day with these C lineups. I mean, it's Jack has been a godsend, man. Well, let me ask you, why is that? What 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 about Jared Jack has changed this offense? I think it's, and I know Sessions is a veteran too. But I think Jack has has a great reputation around the league. People always used to say this when he was with the Nets, that he was one of those guys that you'd love to have on your team. He's a great teammate. And I think he's a guy who, when he speaks, you know, everybody on the team just listens to him, um, no matter what he says. And he's obviously, he's not looking for his shot at all. He's always looking to pass to everybody else on the team. And I think I'd love that. Um, he's really meshed well with Porzingis. You know, he's he's only played in four games and he already has 26 assists. I mean, you look at what Derrick Rose, Porzingis already has 12 assists on Jarrett Jack makes this year. And he had, uh, Derrick Rose had 70 assists the entire season on Kristaps uh, Porzingis makes last year. I mean, it was just crazy. The rapport that Jared Jack and Porzingis have already after three games of Jack in the starting lineup is better than he had with Derrick Rose all of last season. Probably better with any point guard he's had mm-hmm. since he's been there. So if you're Kristaps Porzingis, you're loving this. And I know I remember when Jared Jack played in Brooklyn, and Brook Lopez loved Jared Jack too. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's just that he's easy to play with. Teammates like him. And he's not looking for his own shot. Um, he's only taken 25 field goal attempts in the 109 minutes he's been on the court. So he's, yeah, he's not looking for his own shot. He's, he, uh, yeah, I, I think he's, the fact that he's looking to set guys up means a lot to them. So he's very, and he's very smart. He's very smart. He doesn't make mistakes. You know, he's been on, he's only made five turnovers. So uh, that's all means a lot. 26 assists, dude, to five turnovers, yep. that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. And, look, when we signed Jared Jack, we talked about him could be a positive uh, role model, a, a guy that can teach these young point guards. I figured that's where he all he would do. But since he's come in, he's done such an amazing job. Um, I th- the other night, I, I don't remember exactly what he finished, but I think he was shooting just one of eight, but he had like nine assists. So yeah. the shooting wasn't so much there, and he's a good mid-range shooter, by the way, and I think he, he will get you know a few mid-range shots where he's going to knock them down a game. 
Uh, but, yeah, it's always been his game. Yeah, and he is just moving the ball. I think it makes the guys that are that are getting looks they're open because of Jarrett Jack. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough about him. I've been very impressed. I think the Knicks are getting more than what they thought even from Jared Jack, especially with the knee injuries that he had last year, tough to come back from, and he, he's looked good. He's looked really, really good. I don't know if he's just comfortable being in a New York atmosphere because he played. He was a solid point guard for the, the Nets, and we're seeing it so far in the last three games from where the Knicks are still some time to go. But I, I liked what he has been able to bring to the table for the Knicks. Now, kind of changing gears just for a moment, it, it kind of goes with Jared Jack because when Jared Jack was signed, me and you, Chip, talked about Jared Jack could be the guy that is released when Noah returns from his 10-game suspension. And now with Jack playing the way he is, everybody's kind of trying to figure out who's going to be the odd man out when Noah comes back. I've seen discussions about this all week. First of all, I got to go on a quick rant. I see people saying we don't need Hern Gomez. He's a bum. Release him. Oh, God. Okay. okay. All right. Let me just just I'm I'm blown away when I see that. You don't know how bad I wanted to just start responding to all of these posts because <laughs> I've seen it several times. I didn't. I said I'll just wait to the show. People, you're out of your minds. You're out of your mind if you think that Hernan Gomez is going to be released. And there are people who are convinced that is going to be the case. That would be ludicrous. It's not going to happen. Hernan Gomez is a vital part to the next future. Yes, right now he, he is obligated to the bench. He hasn't looked outstanding with the minutes that he's got, but he's still a young player. He's still developing. He still has a lot of promise. Think about it. The Knicks would not trade him for Eric Bledsoe, apparently. The Knicks said, absolutely no way we're giving up Hera Gomez or Neil Aquina. So that just shows you right there that the Knicks love him. Just because he's not playing right now doesn't mean anything. His time will come. He will. He was a big part of our, our season last year, and everybody was all impressed when he, when he had a, a great stretch of games. He's going to have some up and down. He's still young. He's still developing. Stop with the Herring Gomez being released thing. That is not going to happen. With my little rant now officially over, Chip, I want to know your take. Who do you think is the odd man out when uh, Noah comes back? Shed some light for these people. Okay, yeah, I'm like you. I thought for sure Jack was going to get cut because he had this not guaranteed contract. But now it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think it's between two guys. I think Sessions appears like the clear favorite because he's been taken out of the rotation completely and there's no use for him now. But, but I feel like they may keep him on because Jack is old. He does have an injury history, and if he goes down, they would need help at point guard. Plus, they may want to carry an extra point guard. Okay. So I feel like he isn't the only option to get cut. 
I'm going to throw out, and you may not like this because I don't know how big a fan you are of this guy. I'm going to throw Kuz's name out there. I'm fine with it. I trashed yeah. him. If you don't remember the first episode, I trashed him. Yeah, he's he's a free agent at the end of the year, technically a restricted free agent, but I don't think they'll give him a qualifying offer. I think they'll just let him walk anyway. Because mm-hmm. he, he wasn't that impressive. I know a lot of people were impressed with him last year. I really wasn't. Me either. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I see him as I see him in sessions as the only real candidates. Yeah, Hornacek uh, uh, is a big Lance Thomas fan. Obviously, he doesn't want Lance Thomas to go anywhere. Um, and to top it off, I mean, <laughs> Michael Beasley. You're, you're looking at Michael Beasley as a candidate. But if anybody is, but um, Coos hasn't played a minute yet this year. Yeah. So <laughs> that's another reason. I mean, whether it's injury or not, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Sessions or Coos. But if I had to flip a coin, I, I think I'd say Coos. I okay. think I'd go with Coos is the most likely one. You know, I don't really have anything to add to that because everything you said – Took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> the two guys that I thought now are, are the prime candidates to be released. I think Kuz makes the most sense because we don't need him. He doesn't really – yeah, he's a good shooter. But we have so many guys that are going to be ahead of him. McDermott, Beasley, Lance Thomas. We don't need him. He's right now a, a waste of roster space, and I think strictly he's just a shooter. I don't think he does anything else really well. Back in our very first episode, way back in like April, we did the keep him and trash him thing. I trashed him. I didn't. I don't. I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see him go. Maybe he can play in the NBA for another team that's looking for a spot up shooter. Um, you know, I, I, a team like Detroit that might need more shooters. Somebody that needs a shooter, I'm sure he can find a, a place and stick on an NBA roster because he can shoot the basketball. But I don't think he's a fit for the Knicks. I, I don't. I think he makes the most sense at this point to release when, when Noah comes back. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show today. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Tip off for the Knicks in Houston about 20 minutes away. That is on ESPN. So, Chip, really quick, give us your prediction for tonight. For tonight, I think the Knicks have a rough uh, competition ahead. I think they lose to the Rockets. I think it's about uh, 110 to uh, 105, I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to say reality sinks back in for this Knicks team. I think they're going to lose probably about 15 points, 12 points. Oh. Um. Again, if they win, I got to join Rob's bandwagon of a uh, thirty-five wins. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week for another episode.